And welcome, everybody, to episode 99 of the Regression to the Meme podcast. I am your host, Sean Moran. Joining me, as always, are my good friends and co-hosts, Keegan Thompson and Aiden Haller. Thursday Night Football just wrapped up. I'd say a lot more surprisingly entertaining game than expected. Uh, Derek Carr continues uh, to be a meme, but decent game for him. How are we feeling today, boys? Aiden, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah, I just got done christening my Kirk. Um, that was that was a good one. What what a nice well way done. to end that game. Yeah. Well done. Intro. Yeah, to your point, like <laughs> that game was what I I think it was like 24 to what three or nine. Like it was kind of shaping up to be like an absolute stinker. Like would New Orleans even get in the end zone? And it turned out to be like you know one of the better primetime games out of the year so far. So, um, yeah, really nice, really nice start to the football weekend. Zero complaints for me on that one. Keegan? Uh, yeah, you know, just good to be back. Obviously, I had some technical difficulties on the last episode. You guys were calling me Dalton Duck. Duck. How you He's doing, Dalton? Didn't, didn't, I didn't get to defend any of my really good start sits that I had last week. And, of course, I got pooped on for my one mistake I had because of Dalton Duck. So, no, I'm good. It's good to be back. I think my Wi-Fi is going to cooperate today. Um, Chris Olave robbed me of a sweet little underdog pick'em ticket. Um, but... It is what it is. You live and you learn. You, what can you do? You live and you learn. I decided to sit out the first half of this game, and then I went mobile on my phone for like the th- half the third quarter, the fourth mobile. quarter. Yeah, I was just on my phone. You deployed the troops. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, went, I went mobile, um, was on my phone, no TV. It was no TV footprint in the house. Uh, I feel like that was probably the, the best course of action. It was, it was a real pro move. Um, but yeah, I mean... Alvin Kamara, PPR merchant, good for that guy. I don't know if he's good or not. I don't know if he uh, looks better or just Derek Carr is just going to fulfill his Drew Brees destiny of just checking it down to him nonstop, but good for Kamara. Like, honestly, uh, I might be drinking some spoiled milk pretty soon if uh, Kamara keeps this up. Death by check yeah. down on, in route to a 29-point, almost a 30-burger just from gross, 11 dude. to 12 Where reception. was this last gross. year, Alvin? Alvin, come on, you're... Jeez, the, the one year I don't draft Alvin Kamara, looks this good. On today's episode, we have our week seven rankings. You heard it right. We are now dipping our toes into ranking positions. We're going to start with running backs and wide receivers to test this out. Normally it, on this feed, at this time of the week, we're doing our previews. We're not axing the previews. The previews will come back at some point, but we're just trying something new trying out a different format. We're trying to find what is the most valuable content to you, the mean team. We've got to sort through six teams on a bye this week, and we have to deal with a ton of injuries. It's going to be a ton of fun. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Fantasy drafts might be over, but you can still put your knowledge to the test and win cash prizes on Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy now has an exclusive offer for new customers. Not only will they double your deposit up to $100, they're offering a mystery pick'em special when you sign up using promo code RTM. Our format here is simple. I have ranked the top 42 wide receivers this week, and I've broken them into tiers. As I go through each wide receiver, Keegan and Aiden are going to give their thoughts on some of the guys they are starting or avoiding this week. It may get a little contentious looking at you, Aiden, but it's going to be fun. I'm ready to debate. Feel free, if you are watching this video, feel free to drop your start sit questions in the comments, and you could also find the link to our rankings in the description of this video. But before we dive into rankings, we want to thank you for supporting the Regression to the Mean podcast. Seriously, 
We appreciate you listening and being a part of the mean team. If you haven't had the chance, we'd appreciate it if you could go ahead and hit the subscribe button, like this video, and drop any of your questions in the comments below. We are marching towards our goal of 1,000 subscribers before the end of the season, and we really appreciate you tagging along. Aiden, Keegan, we ready to do this? Let's rock and Let's roll, get into baby. It. Version this. one, here goes nothing. Version one. It's going to be the best thing we've ever put out there. Okay. Ever. Starting out things real hot. The first tier, the can't miss. Start your studs. I have Tyreek Hill, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Adams. Um, Tyreek Hill's pretty simple. This is the best wide receiver in football. It's a shootout game environment. This is actually a pretty solid matchup against a shockingly bad Eagles secondary. Cooper Cup has the third highest target share in the NFL since returning from his injury plus matchup against Pittsburgh. Look at the notes you have for Tyreek Hill. Incredible game environment, high point total, lots of points. I'm expecting A.J. Brown to dunk on this Miami secondary, and this pass offense now runs through A.J.B. He has the fifth highest percent of first read targets. My first real bump up in the rankings, and it's controversial when you're looking at it, I guess, compared to expert consensus rankings with fantasy pros. I've got Devontae Adams ahead of Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, and Amon Ross St. Brown, because there are squeaky wheels, Keegan and Aiden, and then there is what Devontae Adams is doing, which is absolute scorched earth, going to the media, dropping crazy quotes, saying, I don't care if we're winning or losing, greatness will only come if you're throwing me the rock. I, I think that regardless of who's playing quarterback for the Raiders this week, we're going to see a massive Devontae Adams game, right? You just have to see 10 to 13, 14 <laughs> targets incoming. And look, Aiden, I think the Bears secondary has played decent. You guys have mitigated fantasy points to wide receivers because the Bears have kind of hemorrhaged points to running backs. But it kind of feels like a major Devontae Adams spike week. So I'll pause here. Do you guys agree with me having Adams so high because of this narrative? What do you guys think? I'll let Aiden no. go first. No, I personally disagree. I'm ahead of guys like Diggs, Keenan, IUKR. Like, I'm probably having him closer to 10. I actually didn't have this as a shout on mine. Um, I don't see it. We don't even know who's playing quarterback. Bears secondary and defense as a whole has played a lot better over the last two weeks. It is not a great unit by any means, but they were pretty damn strong, especially in the second half last week. Played pretty good the week before that, too. And again, we don't even know who's throwing Devontae Adams the football. It could be rookie AOC or journeyman Brian Hoyer. Um, so to guarantee him as a top four play feels a bit ambitious on our part. Um, I'd probably feel more comfortable with him closer to 10. But at the same time, you know, he is he's causing a ruckus. AJ, uh, uh, not AJ, yeah, AJ Brown did it, went off. Jamar Chase did it, went off. Is Devontae Adams going to do it too? They're all in the same tier in terms of talent. So maybe, I don't know. Um, I put him down a little, but I don't hate him here at the same time too. Yeah, I think he's a top like seven play. Where he is between like seven and four could be up for debate, but I think this is Devontae Adams we're talking about. And like, I don't know if I really care who is actually playing quarterback for them. You make fuss like that in the media and you're Devontae Adams, like the ball's going to come your way for sure. Um, obviously, concerns with Jacoby Myers and what a good target he's been for them, but nonetheless, this is Devontae Adams we're talking about. And if I'm following the trend of wide receivers speaking out and then having blow up games, 
I'm down to chase this one. <laughs> We're chasing this narrative, the squeaky wheel, that this is like the nuclear squeaky wheel in terms of how insane his comments yep. in the press were. So um, that's why I moved him up there. Uh, the next year I have is Stefan Diggs, Keenan Allen, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Steph Diggs is fantasy's wide receiver too this year, has an absolutely bonkers role, career best efficiency. He's got a really I'd say decent matchup against the New England Patriots secondary that's banged up, but I I think this is going to be like a relatively neutral pace or slow game. I have Keenan Allen here as wide receiver six. He's fantasy's wide receiver one in a point-per-game basis. I, this could be a shootout against the Chiefs. Keenan Allen has a history of beating up on the Chiefs. Chiefs defense has been pretty stingy, though, so it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown at wide receiver seven, so Baltimore's been incredibly stingy to wide receivers this season. I think this matchup is going to be one of the slower paced, grind it out, establish the run games with big plays. He's still locked into one of the best wide receiver roles in football. And with Monty out and Gibbs and, and Reynolds potentially limited, I think I could see like a 10 plus target on Ross St. Brown game. And then Brandon Ayuk has one of the best roles in all of fantasy. And he has a matchup here against a Viking secondary that has given up the most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Um, upgrade if either. Debo or CMC are out like he could go up into like the top five if either of those guys maybe not CMC but if Debo misses time all right I think Brandon Ayuk's gonna have a massive massive game so I'll pause here what are your guys thoughts on that tier any uh any guys I'm all good on this tier yeah I just wanted to highlight Ayuk I absolutely love him this week um again I I would probably move up Diggs Keenan and Ayuk ahead of Devontae this week um given their matchups just a couple things quickly on Ayuk you already mentioned it. Anything to Debo and CMC, even if they play, these guys aren't going to be 100%. This guy's already averaging seven targets a game. Like He's been an absolute target hog. Not to mention, he hasn't scored since his two-touchdown performance in week one. So it is safe to say he is going to regress to the mean this week. Let's get Ayuk in the end zone. I think Ayuk's going to go absolutely nuclear this week. I think the 49ers come back from kind of getting... I wouldn't say embarrassed, but it was a bit of a wake-up call um, playing the Browns. I I don't think anyone anticipated that game was going to be that close to a game led by P.J. Walker. So I could see Brock Purdy absolutely shredding that secondary, and I think Ayuk is going to be leading the charge. So I'm super high on Ayuk this week. I'm uh, I'm pretty excited to watch him on Monday night against this Vikings secondary. I agree. So the next batch of wide receivers I have, I hear at wide receiver 9, I have Jalen Waddle, wide receiver 10, D.K. Metcalf, wide receiver 11, Puka Nakua, Wide receiver 12, Chris Olave. Wide receiver 13, Devontae Smith. Wide receiver 14, Marquise Brown. And wide receiver 15, Tyler Lockett. So Jalen Waddell has had really strong usage since returning from injury. He faces off against the fifth friendliest fantasy defense to wide receivers in the highest point total matchup this week against Philadelphia. DK Metcalf's been super disappointing, but this is the definition of a get-right game against the Cardinals secondary that's given up the seventh most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. Puka Nakua... I have him here at wide receiver 11. He has the 12th highest target share in the NFL since Cup's return from IR. So again, Cup has the third. Puka has the 12th. We love that kind of consolidation. He faces off against the fourth friendliest defense to wide receivers in Pittsburgh, and he's playing in a plus matchup, and he's playing under a dome. Dombros, shout out. Dumbrose. Chris Olave here at 12. Devontae Smith at 13. So he's been ultra disappointing this season. I but he still has the second best role in this Eagles pass game. We've already highlighted this matchup against the Dolphins being kind of the crown jewel of a kind of a stinky week seven slate. And I think he's going to have a nice bounce back game or at least be 
pretty solid with usage. I know it's been disappointing. I know he popped up with a hammy injury. I, I, you got to start Devontae Smith. Don't, keep the faith. He still has a good role. This is a great matchup. It's a great spot. I don't really believe in this Miami secondary. At 14 here is Marquise Brown. So would you have guessed going into this year, guys, that, that he would have a top 12 fantasy role in terms of usage through the first six weeks? Like you look at his air yard share, end zone targets, receiving yard share, um, target share, target per route run, yard per route run. It's all really solid for Marquise Brown. And he'd score more fantasy points if his quarterback was more consistent. I think Josh Jobs has been fine given the circumstances. It just hasn't been very consistent. This matchup projects to be up in pace. Seattle's given up the second most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. Um, I feel pretty good about Marquise Brown. And then the last guy in this matchup, same matchup here is Tyler Lockett. So he has a higher target share than DK Metcalf this year. He looks a step slower, but he, st- he still looks fine. He's still a good player. Um, this is a plus matchup, and the game script, I think, makes him an easy wide receiver too. So I'll pause there. Anyone here in this range standing out to you? Yeah, there's a, there's actually a, um, well, there's one specifically. Um, I also just had some notes, not necessarily as starts, because I think obviously you start these guys, but I think this is DK Metcalf and like Jalen Waddle blow up week territory for both of them. Um, Sean already highlighted a little bit of it, but just like really good matchups for both of them. And, you know, DK has been, you know, not very disappointing, but their offensive line gets healthier every week. You know, Gino looked like he had a little bit more time last week. Obviously, uh, Cincinnati's defensive front has some really good ways to kind of get to the quarterback. But nonetheless, they're getting healthier. More time in the pocket for Geno Smith is good for DK. I think this is such a great matchup for him to get right. Same with Jalen Waddle. Like, Philadelphia is super friendly to fantasy wide receivers. I think this is a big blow up. But my guy in this tier that I wanted to specifically highlight um, as like a, a surefire start for me this weekend is Marquise Brown. Um yeah. Hollywood is, you know, probably the biggest regression candidate coming into week seven alone. I mean, weeks five to six is expected fantasy points per game currently sits at about like 19.2 PPR points. He's only put up like 11.8 per game in that stretch. And last week he only he had an expected fantasy point total of 21.4 and only managed to turn it into seven and a half PPR points. Only him and Jamar Chase have ranked top 25 in expected fantasy points in each of the last five weeks. Just to hammer home that usage that Sean was talking about, like he has an elite fantasy football role and he walks into a Seattle matchup that's been pretty bad against wide receivers and not just wide receivers specifically, but they're fourth worst against outside wide receivers specifically, which is exactly where Hollywood will be playing. Also double-digit targets in four of his last five games. The only thing that would make this matchup a little bit worse for him is the health of Witherspoon and Tariq uh, Woolen. I believe they're both going to play this week, so we'll see how that matchup fares. But I love Marquise Brown this week. Seattle's a little fraudulent in terms of their secondary, which has been good, but they've given up a ton of fantasy points to wide receivers. So it's I, I feel you. Those are both two good corners, and it's something to keep an eye on, but... People weren't able to get home regardless. I love the the shout out to Marquise Brown. I was not surprised considering you are uh, president. You're co-president. I don't know. You, you're very busy with your Mike Evans duties. But I feel like when Mike Evans retires, board. your transition to Hollywood Brown will be a seamless pivot, uh, Keegan. <laughs> I think it'll be a very uh, easy transition for you. They're, they're keeping your seat. His role is elite. It's a very good role. And his role is elite. Kyler's coming back. A buy low candidate. Yes. And Kyler's coming back. I would be buying back. Marquise Brown right now. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat crow on the Kyler Murray take. Aiden, anyone here in this tier? I think I, I, think I uh, have an idea who you're going to yeah. talk about. You've been talking yeah. about this theory I have one here. I have one here that I think people need to be um, 
I think people are a bit too high on it this week, given kind of like the matchup and like on the surface level, and that's Puka. Um, just like a couple things off the top of my head. I think the first week of Cup and Puka kind of spoiled people into thinking like these are both just going to be 20-point outputters both at the same time every single week, and I just don't think that's the case. Cooper Cup is a significantly better wide receiver, and we already saw that last week with his usage, season low of catches, yards, and targets. The Steelers, like you mentioned, are fourth worst in terms of fantasy points per game to wide receivers, but I think this number is a bit deceiving. So I want to walk you guys through um, real quickly their five matchups this week. It's more so been the number one absolutely exploding and the number two playing a very, very complimentary role. Week four, Nico Collins exploded seven for 168 and two tutties. Next closest was 42 yards. In week three, this is probably the best in terms of 1A and 1B. Tay went for 13, 172, and 2. Jacoby had 85 yards. Week two, Amari had seven catches for 90 yards. The next person had 48 yards. And week one, which I'm sure you remember, Ayuk had eight catches for 129 yards and two tutties. Debo had 55 yards. Hmm. So in my opinion, I, it, I think the numbers are a bit deceiving on the service level. This is really like the stud going off which Cooper Cup is. He's the guy in the slot. He's not going to have Joey Porter on him in the slot. I think Cooper Cup goes absolutely nuts this week, which makes me think it's hard for Puka to hit home as a top 11 play personally. Um, he's obviously still a must start given his target share and his role in that offense, but I think the expectations um, are maybe a bit high for him this week given kind of the matchup on the service level. You brought some really good data. I'm, I'm not going to refute that. I mean, I, I think maybe... Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited to see how this plays out. That, that's a pretty good argument. I still, I see a 12%. I mean, I see the 12th highest target share. His role's pass elite. Happy. Like, yeah, like I think they're not going to be elite. able to run the ball. I think it's going to be a super pass happy game script in a dome. So, But yeah, I, I definitely like that theory. Um, I, I definitely yeah. do. Um, it's it's just so concentrated for the Rams. I actually have in my notes that like Cooper Cup and Puga Nakua are must-starts this week. Absolute smash plays. Like, they have such a concentrated passing attack. Over so, the so. last two weeks, Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua have combined for seventy-three like percent of yeah. the first <laughs> three target share. It's amazing. Over the oh, last two it's weeks, so good. it's and so good. It's everything we have. Such a good role. You you kind of just like I it's know Aiden like for fantasy. said it's you have fantasy. to play him, but I understand yeah. where he's coming from. But it's how this do you not start show. him? This but, is a ranking show where Aiden's saying, hey, you got him at 11, I'd have him more at 16. That's that's the beauty yeah. <laughs> of the ranking show, right? So yeah. I love it. I, think I bummed down. Yeah, your, I bummed down. Your, your theory, I was ready to like really refute it, but I'm, I'm, I'm interesting to see if that has more to do with the receiving cores that they've faced off against, whatever. I remember Nico yeah. Collins was my start of the week against Pittsburgh. He dominated because they can't defend the middle of the field. And Smashed. Then I'm now remembering yeah. that, you know, where does Cooper Cup dominate? Um, okay, so uh, here we're moving <laughs> on to the next batch of wide receivers. So at wide receiver 16, I have Mike Evans. Wide receiver 17, I have Debo Samuel. I'm projecting Debo to play this week. We shall see. Uh, wide receiver 18, Christian Kirk. Wide receiver 19, Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver 20, Christian Watson. Wide receiver 21, Amari Cooper. And wide receiver 22 in Zay Flowers. And remember, uh, listeners, P full point PPR. This is what I'm referencing here for these rankings. Should have dropped that uh, earlier in the episode. But full point PPR. So Mike Evans, wide receiver 16, facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. I've got him two spots lower than expected um, expert rankings. Uh, really here, he has elite usage, but he's he's playing in a really projected low scoring and slow-paced slog versus an Atlanta secondary. It's really neutralized pass catchers so far this 
You're, I have limited concerns about the hamstring. You're not benching him, but this is a tough matchup. He's probably going to get shadow coverage from AJ Terrell. Adebo, I think he's going to play. He's day-to-day with a shoulder stinger. Uh, if he suits up, he's going to be locked and loaded as a wide receiver, too. I think it has a higher likelihood he plays over CMC. If CMC sits, I think Debo could get some backfield touches. Uh, wide receiver 18, wide receiver 19, Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. We're recording this Thursday night. Christian Kirk outscored Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley had a goose egg. Um, but again, I think that moving forward, these two should be ranked right next to each other or Kirk ranked above Ridley. The reason why is Ridley, um, he gets a lot of downfield market share and air yard share, which is really enticing for spike weeks. But Calvin Ridley gets more layup targets out of the slot over the middle, and it's more consistent week in and week out. Uh, I'll pause there. Aiden, I know you wanted to to talk about Christian Kirk versus Calvin Ridley. You want to explain your thoughts real quick? Yep. Yeah, I know. I think we were all kind of on the same page that the gap coming into the season was was far too big between Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk. I had in my notes that I wrote down earlier today, um, Christian Kirk should be ranked higher than Calvin Ridley moving forward until proven otherwise. Coming into this game, the gap has only gotten wider. He had more targets, y- yards, receptions, and equal amount of touchdowns. Again, really didn't really do anything today. I don't know if it was just the design script, but what Christian Kirk was what? Wide receiver, I want to say off the top of my head, like 12 last year. Um, he was on a right? point-per-game but- basis. He was like a f- mid-tier wide receiver too, but but he played all year, so he ended up being a, like a top yeah. 12. So, um, in my opinion, like the chemistry and the game plan is just like, you know, Christian Kirk continues to deliver, whether it's, you know, it's kind of like your steady 14, 15, 16, you know, like right there tonight he gave 19 in PPR formats. Um, in my opinion, they should be close, but yeah, until proven otherwise, Christian Kirk continues to outperform him if you take out week one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would put Christian Kirk ahead of him personally right. uh, moving forward. Right. Uh Christian Watson is one of my more aggressive ranks I have this week. No shocker. I have him seven spots ahead of expected uh, consensus rankings. Elite usage coming out of a bye, healthy against the worst defense in football. Sign me up. Amari Cooper is a positive regression candidate here as a wide receiver 21. Um, I move him up if Watson plays. Uh, This game has an up-and-pace matchup game script against a middling Colts secondary. Wide receiver 22, I've got Zay Flowers here. Elite usage for a rookie, like truly elite stuff. Zay's going to explode in the second half of the season. I honestly think at this point he's the 1A to, to Andrews' 1B, and I didn't expect that at this point. Uh, Lions have given up the 12th most points to wide receivers this season, but a slow-paced matchup. So I don't know how much volume is going to be there for Zay, but <clears throat> I think it's a good matchup regardless. Uh, wide receivers 23, 24, and 25. I've got Drake London, Terry McLaurin, and DJ Moore. Uh, Drake London has a matchup here against Tampa Bay in one of the lowest point outings in the uh, – in the morning slate here. I still like him this week. I have him three spots ahead of expert consensus rankings. He looks really good developing rapport with Ritter. I think the pass volume will continue to go up because Atlanta will struggle to run the ball against Tampa Bay. And then McLaurin up against a pretty beatable Giants secondary. Um, McLaurin had his best week of the year last year in terms of target share. I think he's kind of grown that rapport with uh, Sam Howell. And then 25 is DJ Moore. Minus seven in expert consensus rankings. I didn't feel great about this. I had I have major concerns about Tyler Badgen, aka T Bag, who's going to be the starting quarterback. Say his nickname for uh, T Bag, aka the quarterback for the Chicago Bears this weekend. But and this game's got a terrible game script. It's slower than molasses. You got T Bag dropping back, getting sacked. T Bags and sacks. But Moore's Whoa. role is so elite. 
DJ Moore's role is so elite. Like, it's really hard to knock him out of wide receiver two range. So I, I can't drop him any farther, in my opinion. But I'll pause there. Anything here standing out to you guys before we go to the next round of receivers? Uh, there's two guys in this range, actually, that you mentioned kind of up on the higher end. But Amari Cooper and Zay Flowers. I don't have a ton of notes on Zay. I just want to mention, like, his usage remains really strong. I mean, 21% of his targets from Lamar Jackson in five of the last six games this season, like very clear sidekick to Mark Andrews and like has an opportunity to start becoming a really big difference maker in this offense. Just got to come down with a couple extra balls, balls here and there. Lions also a bit banged up right now. Um, I think their nickel cornerback, Brian Branch, might miss the game, which would be pretty huge for Zay Flowers um, and just his opportunity. And then Amari Cooper. I think the ranking is pretty fair, but I think he's one of these um, outside looking in wide receivers that could potentially finish really high this week. And I don't necessarily know how much of a difference it really makes between PJ Walker and Deshaun Watson. Yes, Deshaun Watson, we would like to give a boost to Amari Cooper if he plays. But I mean, last week he had 32% of the first read targets and 48% of the air yards from PJ Walker. Like alpha wide receiver can help. I don't want to call P.J. Walker a bad quarterback. And he, an he, wasn't very, quarterback. he wasn't very good last. I watched the whole game. He was fine. He's going to continue, matchup, he's going to, continue to be a good backup quarterback in the NFL, but he's a backup quarterback. Yeah, but you know, I just want to throw out like, a, a guy like Amari Cooper is exactly who, if P.J. Walker plays, will go to every time, and if Deshaun Watson is in, that just boosts his potential even more. Uh, Colts are also allowing Lehigh 11.5 receptions and 142.8 yards a game. Um, to opposing outside wide receivers. So a great matchup for Amari Cooper. And if P.J. Walker's there, it's like first three target share is going to skyrocket. And if Deshaun Watson plays, like you have better opportunities for deep balls. So I think Amari is kind of a wide receiver too based on rankings that might be able to finish as a wide receiver one this week. I really like him. He made some incredible plays against the Browns last week. Like truly, I mean, against the Niners, I'm yeah. sorry. It was, he looked really, yeah. just like really good. Um their offense is still really weird, so it's really hard to like get super aggressive with pushing him up, considering quarterback pace, etc. But I would be not shocked if he had a monster week this week. Um, moving on to the next batch of wide receivers here. At wide receiver 26, I've got Jacoby Myers. Wide receiver 27, I've got Michael Pittman. Wide receiver 28, Jordan Addison. Wide receiver 29, Chris Godwin. Wide receiver 30, Josh Palmer. Wide receiver 31, George Pickens, and wide receiver 32, high, Deontay man. Johnson. I don't think Aiden knows how much I despise and loathe uh, Josh Palmer. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to come uh, around he, on it. You've been dropping breadcrumbs <laughs> along the way for the last couple months. Do I'm, something, I'm to Josh Palmer. Okay, so uh, Jacoby Myers, wide receiver 26 at the Chicago Bears. I have him down four spots against expert consensus rankings. He's had unbelievable usage this past two weeks. But again, I'm projecting Devontae Adams to blow up. That means we're going to see less volume for Myers. That's the reason I have this rank. Uh, Michael Pittman has a matchup against the secondary that's allowed the fewest points per game to wide receivers. I mean, the, the Cleveland Browns defense is going to eat against Gardner Minshew. Love Michael Pittman and his usage. Hard to get him out of like fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three territory. I got, my, I got Jordan Addison here at wide receiver 28. So he's a locked in every down player with Jefferson out. He trailed TJ Hawkinson in target share, but he had close to 40% of the air yard share in week six with a 14-yard dot. Because of that dot, and because of the air yard share, and because of his role in snaps, he just has higher upside with big play potential versus Osborne. And the Niners have been sneaky 
mid against receivers. They're not like the Seahawks secondary or the Vikings secondary, but you can get home against the Niners defense with wide receivers. Chris Godwin's probably my biggest dropper um, in terms of any rank. I've got him down 10 spots versus expert consensus rankings. Tampa Bay's wide receiver two in terms of usage and a projected low scoring and slow paced matchup versus a stingy Atlanta defense to wide receivers. I'm good. Like I'm already kind of reticent about Mike Evans. So I'm going to be a little reticent about Chris Godwin, Josh Palmer. I have him actually up three spots, even though I'm not a biggest fan of his, uh, his game. He's the clear wide receiver too in this offense with Mike Will out. I expect him to see a pretty decent amount of volume with okay at best efficiency. It's a tougher matchup against the Chiefs, but the game environment should be fine. And I didn't really know what to do with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson, so I just put them right next to each other in wide receiver three land, uh, down two spots each. Uh, Pickens has had elite usage, then expanded route tree with Deontay out, but... What does it look like with Johnson back from IR? The Rams have been pretty stingy to wide receivers, but you know this game projects to be up in pace, played indoors. And then Deontay, clear target earner. He he runs better routes than Pickens um, when healthy. I have no idea if he'll be limited or not coming off the hamstring. No idea what the route distribution is. Because of that, you, you can't really rank him any higher than like this this spot, in my opinion. So I'll stop here before we get to our last batch. Of, uh, of receivers anything in this range speaking your language the theme of a lot of these things are uh, outside wide receivers and you just brought up another outside wide receiver with a questionable role this week um, George Pickens is a player I think I'm avoiding this week mm. uh, same, same. when Deontay Johnson is in when Deontay Johnson and George Pickens play together Pickens is averaging about 8.1 half PPR points per game and in the 18 games where Deontay Johnson has been active and they're together Pickens is averaging like 5.1 targets per game like it's very clear that Kenny Pickett um, has a preference when who is on the field, and also Deontay Johnson's game is just much different than George Pickens. And as long as Matt Canada is calling plays for this offense, I don't expect like George Pickens to suddenly not just run go routes on the outside, uh, you know, on the barrier. And until that happens, it's really hard to say that with him and Johnson playing together, you could project that Pickens would be the better wide receiver choice. Also. The Rams defense that we thought was going to be a cakewalk for most of the year is only behind Cleveland in points per game allowed to outside wide receivers this year. I don't know how. So that, bad I, matchup Raheem for Pickens. Morris, give him, give him the, yeah, I mean, McVay, Morris, incredible coaching job by the Rams this year. Yeah, just just a bad matchup for Pickens. Deontay Johnson's back. You know, Kenny Pickett remains a, a big question mark. Uh, like, can he distribute? Can he support two like relevant fantasy wide receivers? Kind of just have to see this one play out. Um, but I don't love the matchup in general. I'm with Keegan on the Pittsburgh guys. Um, the the scheme is very clearly like DJ heavy when they're both active. I think George Pickens had a nice run of being like the alpha in the offense, but I don't see DJ coming back and playing second fiddle to George Pickens. So I would probably have him ahead there. And then I'm pretty high on Jacoby Myers this week. As you mentioned, the usage has been pretty awesome. Uh, I think the Bears probably try to key on Devontae, maybe even double him up, um, which could lead to a pretty good game for Jacoby. So I like him a lot there. You could talk me into moving him up a couple rankings. Um, other than that, though, I think everyone else falls in line. The Chris Godwin season has just been kind of annoying, and this matchup really doesn't do him any favors if he's going to get right. It's not against Atlanta, who I think off the top of my head is like fourth or fifth stingy. best in terms of limiting They're wide receivers. So it's like he is – like pretty PPR safe, but like, you know, at 29, we're locking Chris Godwin in for what, 10 points. Like yeah. that's probably not winning me matchups, but that's what he's been doing all year. So pretty frustrating there. 
everyone else um yeah it feels about right in my opinion um yeah this is we're starting to get into that tricky range yeah. where it's like am i even starting these guys i don't know but um yeah. they're still important especially on on Bimageddon here yeah. and a handful of injuries. Uh, last batch of guys that I have here, wide receiver 33, Romeo Dobbs. Wide receiver 34, my sweet prince, Wondell Robinson. Wide receiver 35, Cortland Sutton. Wide receiver 36, Michael Thomas. Wide receiver 37, Gabe Davis. <sighs> wide receiver 38, Jerry Judy. 39, Curtis Samuel. 40, KJ Osborne. 41, Rashi Rice. And uh, 42, ending it for us is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, Romeo Dobbs put up a dud in Watson's first full healthy game back, but I think he'll continue to have good wide receiver two usage. It's a good bounce back spot against a bad vendor defense, but beware of a low scoring, slow paced slog. He's probably going to have to catch a touchdown. Wandale's probably my highest non injury mover up the boards against, I like this one. against expert consensus rankings. He's been the clear number one target earner at wide receiver for the Giants. Hilarious. The number one wide receiver for the Giants is the wide receiver 34 for me. That just tells you the state of that offense. But he's seen five plus targets in every game he's played in. Cake matchup against a down bad commander secondary. Cortland Sutton is the clear wide receiver in this one in this offense against a Green Bay secondary that's been good. You probably start him as your wide receiver three, wide receiver four. I don't. It's just not great, but he's been solid. Mike Thomas is Mike Thomas. Uh, Gabe Davis, TD dependent wide receiver, and what most likely will probably be a low scoring matchup. You're going to probably play him because you're going to play TD Roulette. Jerry Judy, I'm good. Curtis Samuel, um, clear wide receiver two in the Commanders offense against a wide receiver friendly Giants defense. Uh, KJ Osborne, interesting, has the same target share. And yards, uh, receiving yards share. I'm sorry, he had the same target share in yards per route run. No, what was it? He had him and Addison basically had very similar roles, except Addison's A dot was almost twice KJ Osborne's. So that's why Addison's going to be a much better play than Osborne. Rashi Rice is the best wide receiver option for this Chiefs in this bizarro wide receiver by committee thing they have. I can't move him up any higher if he's a part time player, but the Chargers. It's a sweet matchup. Sweet matchup. If there was ever a week. It's a sweet matchup. there was matchup. ever a week. And then uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba showed signs of life uh, barely last week. But this is a plus matchup. He's locked into three wide receiver sets. If they stop running those dumb five fullback sets in the backfield, and if we can run some three wide receiver sets here, we might actually see a big week out of JSN. So that's it. Those are the top 42 wide receivers. Before we jump, any comments on that last tier, guys? Yeah, with JSN, like they've had to be in so like little eleven personnel because their offensive line has been so, so banged up, yeah. and they just have not had an opportunity to like play certain types of personnel groupings. And now that their offensive line gets better, I think JSN is a perfect person to watch as change like happens on the offensive line. Uh, Wondell Robinson, great call out. He's a sneaky good play, even if Tyrod plays too, because you know. Just quick, get the ball out. I mean, eight targets, eight receptions last week. And like you said, five-plus targets in his last several matchups or everyone that he's played at least. Um, and then I have a just a hunch. You know, this it feels like a Gabe Davis week. Like, it's going to be such a stinky <laughs> AFC East week. And he's going to catch like a 95-yard bomb. Lord knows. Bill Belichick Lord knows we need it. We Us Gabe Davis well, people. Man. Yeah, while well, they lower Bill Belichick into the grave under Gillette Stadium. <laughs> Nail in the coffin for his coaching career. Edit, edit him in a Chargers hoodie. That was an unreal edit that you sent Dude, over. That was insane. one of the most unreal edits. You got to put that on. It's there. pretty interesting to see Curtis Samuel entering into uh, 
weekly top dude. 40 wide receiver rankings. It's a, it's a massive it's bummer. Legit, you would like dude. us to be talking about Jahan Dotson, but it makes me sad, dude. I was so high on the Jahan Dotson hype train, and he's like. If you watch the tape, it's just zero effort. If he's not the first read on routes or like against man, it's just like the effort is like super concerning with Jahan Dotson, wow. which maybe makes sense why they're punishing him as 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 the kick holder now. Um, brutal though, just brutal. But yeah, no, there's Down some fun guys bad. in this range. Down um, bad. I think JSN is close to showing up. Like the A dot is getting better week over week. The snaps are getting better week over week. It only feels like a matter of time. Like, I feel like he's just going to, like, explode onto the scene. Like, I don't think it's going to be, like, this gradual increase in production because that's really not happening right now. Like, I think he's just going to show up for, like, 100 yards and two touchdowns one week and be like, I'm, I'm here. It's the Rose he Bowl. He should have had a touchdown I'm last here. week. He, he had a really I'm nice a, route where he got put in motion, like, running towards the line that, like, and then just yeah. zipped up. Play broke down. It was perfect. And Gino didn't pull the trigger, dude. It was that like fake block Gino against did the not look that right? good yeah. last week, but we're, we're starting no, he, him this week against the Cardinals. Yeah. So if there's ever been a get right for this Seattle offense, this is, this is the week, but that's it for wide receivers. Again, questions, lineup decisions, drop it in the comments. The three of us, we're going through it. We value your feedback. We actually value when you talk shit. So lay it on us. We appreciate I like it. it before we jump Keegan, Aiden, anything for the listeners. Nope, I got nothing today. All aboard the teabag show. Teabag, teabag, <laughs> teabag. <laughs>